uh, we want to open this morning to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 21. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. Praise the Lord. And I entitled today's uh, message, today's word, Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Hallelujah. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, uh, because, you know, we are observing Palm Sunday uh, and we remember, we reflect, we remember what took place on that day. And it enriches our faith. It blesses us as we look to God's word. Every time you look to the word of God, it just blesses and enriches your soul. It speaks to you. How many of you believe the word of God speaks to you? It is not just words on a page. God's word is alive. It lives. And every time we read it, it speaks to us if we allow it to. If we have ears to hear, it speaks to us that it may enrich us in our faith, in our walk, in our life, in all that we are. And so it goes on to say, and uh, let, me just, let me just read through the verses here and then I'll come back to it. It says, and when they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethpage, the Mount, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples. And he said to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says and it's something to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. Now this took place that was spoken through the prophet, that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you. Gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And the disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them. And he brought the donkey and the colt and he laid on them their garments on which he sat. And most of the multitude spread their garments in the road and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. And the multitudes going before him. And those who followed after were crying out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had entered Jerusalem and all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the multitudes were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. You see, when Jesus entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, there, there, he was surrounded with people praising him, shouting Hosanna to, to the son of David, Hosanna in the highest. And as he entered Jerusalem, there was a multitude that were questioning, that raised the question, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And the multitudes answered, I mean, the, the, those that were praising him said, this is the prophet Jesus, the prophet Jesus, the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus, when he was speaking to his disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? And some responded, well, Jesus, some, some are saying that you're John the Baptist. Some are saying that you're Elijah. And some, even some are saying that you're Jeremiah. And Jesus says to his disciples, but who do you say that I am? 
That's the question that is life-changing to any individual. Who is this? Who is Jesus? Who is he? You know, many were praising God, but many were there with a question. How many of you know it's not wrong to have a question? Questions can be good things. Questions lead to answers. Answers lead to, to conviction that may change your life. And when we understand, when we have the correct answer, the correct response to who Jesus is, when someone correctly sees who Jesus is, it can be life-changing. Totally, completely life-changing. And so there, it says there were many, there were many who were questioning, who is this? Who is this writing into Jerusalem? Who is this that's being praised by, by many out here? Who is this that we're people around him waving palm branches? You know, there's people who are experts in knowing the Bible. Knowing the Bible is a good thing, isn't it? There are some people who are experts in it. They've read it, they've studied it, and some, some men have studied it in more than one language. Which is a good thing. It's a good thing to study the word of God. It's a good thing to know the content of the Bible. I know men that, that can quote much of the Bible by memory. That's a good thing. Quoting verses, knowing scriptures, committing them to memory is a good thing. Isn't it? It's a good thing. And they know all that the Bible says about Jesus... But in their heart, there's not persuaded or there's no conclusive answer in their heart to who Jesus is. I've talked with theologians, professors of the Bible, teachers who knew the Bible, studied the Bible, can quote the Bible. Sometimes some of them were better at quoting, quoting more than I can. But in their heart, the answer to the question of who is Jesus, who is he, there's something in here that didn't respond to who true Jesus truly is. There's a lot of people who are informed and expert about many subjects, about many things, and that's a good thing. We need we need people knowledgeable about things. But the most, most life-changing thing is knowing and believing. Who is Jesus? I know the Bible. I read it from Genesis to Revelation. I've meditated on it. I've studied it. But the question is, who is Jesus? Who is he? Who is he? Partial truth. You see, the crowd said, this is Jesus. He's the prophet from the city of Nazareth. He's a prophet. The people wanted to know, who is he? And those that were worshiping him said, he's a prophet. Now, was Jesus a prophet? Absolutely. He's the prophet. He's the word of God. What they said, their answer was true. But it wasn't the truth that could set people free. 
partial truth, listen to this, this is point number one. Partial truth can be the difference between life and death. You hear that? Partial truth can be the difference between life and death. As you see that exchange there in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter number 21. Who is this? This is the prophet Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. Nobody shouted out that he was the Son of God. Nobody declared him to be Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But the people who were worshiping him saw him as a prophet. And no matter where you looked, there was, there was, there was no consensus about who was Jesus. He's the prophet from, the, from Nazareth. Having the right answer to the question of who Jesus is, is the very depth, the very substance, the very foundation of who we are as Christians. Who is Jesus? Who is he? Every area, every aspect, every part of your life is impacted and affected by how you answer that question. If you say that Jesus was just another in a long line of prophets, you might end up paying no more attention to him than you do to the book of Jeremiah, Isaiah, Amos, Zechariah, Zephaniah. If he's just a prophet, another prophet, this book, the Bible, has several prophets in it. How often, when was the last time you read through Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel? If he was just another prophet, he just fits in here in another portion. And when you get around to reading it, when you get around to listening to him, he was more than just a prophet. Was he a, is he a prophet? Is he a spoke? Is he is a word? Yes, he is. But he's more than a prophet. He is the prophet, but he's more than that. And just looking at Jesus as a prophet is not going to be so much life-changing to you. It will impact your life. It will affect you. But it's more, there's more to it than that. If you say Jesus was just a great teacher, and I, you, you hear this in the world today, oh, Jesus was a great teacher. Was he a great teacher? Is he a great teacher? The answer is yes, he is. But if all we see Jesus as, as just a great teacher, we're falling short. We're missing the mark. We can't enter in. Because if he was a great teacher, just like any other teacher, you could, in your perspective, you heard the saying, eat the meat and spit out the bones. If Jesus was just a good teacher, you could say, well, I like this of his teaching. This part of his teaching, eh, we'll put aside. Because he, after all, he's just a great teacher. And so, if we look at Jesus as just a teacher, we can say, yes, I like what he said about this. I don't agree what he said about that. And so, therefore, I'll come somewhere in the middle and say, yeah, he's a great teacher, but I don't, I, I follow what I want to. And so, when people are crying out, who is this? He's more than a prophet. He's more than a great teacher. 
And if we look at Jesus as just another religious leader leading a group of people on a path that seems good, that seems moral, that seems... Uh, then you classify Jesus as Moses and Buddha and Muhammad. And then you could choose who you want to follow. Because he's just a religious leader. He's just one among many religious leaders. And if you choose to follow him, that's your choice. And so Jesus is more than a leader. Is he a leader? Absolutely. He's the great shepherd. He's more than a leader. But if we look at him only as that, we can pick and choose who we want to lead us. But when we say that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's the King of Kings, that he's the Savior of the world, that answer will alter our entire life. It will alter every aspect of our life for as long as we live. We will no longer be the same because Jesus is more than a prophet, more than a great teacher. He's more than a religious leader. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Savior of the world. He's the living Word of God. He's the Son of of God. And the world is asking the question even today, who is he? Who is Jesus? And who can give the world an answer but you and I, those who are praising God, those who know who Jesus is. We're waving palm branches today because we know who Jesus is. We have the answer to who is Jesus. The world doesn't know who he is. The world is asking the question, who is he? And that's why Jesus is going into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Tell them who I am. Partial truth is the difference between life and death. Remember when in Mark chapter 4, when Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil tempted him and the devil went to him? And you know the story. The devil used partial scriptures to try to tempt Jesus. And Jesus said to him, when, when, when the devil says, you know, if your God turned this bread, in, uh, turned these stones into bread and eat. And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is uttered from the mouth of God. Every word. You notice what Jesus says. Every word, not some of the word, but every word. Jesus meaning that we need to understand the entire word of God, hold it into context, because if we pick and choose verses that we like, if we think that Jesus was just a good teacher, we can pick and choose what verses we like, what verses we don't like, what verses we want to apply to our lives, what verses we can just put on a shelf and ignore and make believe they're not there. But Jesus says, man shall live, man shall live, you shall live by every word of God. Every word that God has given us is a blessing to your life. Every word of God that was spoken in here will bless your life, will give you wisdom and knowledge and understanding. It will give you spiritual health and spiritual truth. It will keep you. Partial truth kills. Partial truth robs you of the fullness of knowledge. It robs you of the fullness of joy. It robs you of the fullness of praise and worship to God. 
And the devil used partial truth to try to get Jesus. The devil used partial truth when he says, look at all these kingdoms that belong to me. All that I have I'll give to you if you just bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. You see, the world will give you partial truths. If you just do this, you, you, can, you can get take hold of material things of this world and be blessed. If you just bow down one time and do something wrong. If you just bow down and just do something underhanded. Just one time you'll get wealthy. Just one time you'll make a couple bucks. What do we bow down to? To, to, to. But Jesus says worship him and all these things will be added to you. Jesus says seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to you. When we put Jesus, when he has priority, when we seek the fullness of who Jesus is and know, understand that he's the king of kings, he's the living word of God, the son of God, my king, my Lord, my savior, my redeemer, my master, my God. When I choose to follow him, everything you put your hands to will be blessed and prosperous. You don't have to worry about doing shady things doing underhanded things because that's where the devil wants to take you but we got to say get thee behind me Satan in every one of my operations in all of my transactions I will hold my head up and do things honestly respectively with integrity and with character and God will prosper me God will bless me I don't have to go to underhanded things I don't have to lie and deceive to be prosperous if I be truthful and honest and a man of godly character and of integrity, God sees and God will bless all the works of your hand. Read Joshua. Read the word of God. God will bless you. But the, the devil tried to, and partial truth is in, is in reality a lie. Partial truth is a lie. And so when someone understands and comes to know the whole truth about who Jesus is, it's a truth that brings life, eternal life and Zoe life. Eternal life, when we leave this body and get into that place called heaven, we will be with Jesus for all of eternity. You know what it says in Revelation. No more death, no more dying, no more sickness, no more pain, no more hunger, no more thirst, no more working for a paycheck. But in this life... Jesus says that I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to have Zoe life. I want you to experience my blessings upon your life while you live. And I also have in store for you a mansion in eternity. But while you live, because the Bible says if, if you know, that we, God will bless us, we will know the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so the whole truth, who is Jesus? When you understand and know who he is, it opens the door to eternal life and to life in abundance here on this earth. Spiritual abundance 
and in every other way. God will provide for your every need. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means I shall not lack for any good thing. The Lord will take care of me. And if we believe that, that means we know who Jesus is. Who is this, they asked the people. And somebody, somebody should have told them, listen, let me tell you who he said he is. You know, Jesus was teaching way before he went into Jerusalem on that Sunday. He was on the Mount of Olives. He was teaching. He was walking, doing miracles and signs and wonders. And let me give you some of the things that Jesus said about himself, declared, answered the question of, who are you? Who is this? In John chapter 6, verse 51, Jesus says, I am the bread of life, the living bread that came down from heaven. This is who Jesus said he is. I'm the bread of life. I'm the one who has true nourishment for your soul, true nourishment for your mind, for your spirit. For, and that's why they, the, the, the religious leaders got angry. One of the reasons why they got angry at him, because he was saying he was the bread of life. He was the living bread. How many of you believe that you draw nourishment from Jesus, that he is the living bread of God sent from heaven? He's fresh manna. Every day we look to the word of God and we meditate on it and read it and ponder it and, and say, la, pause and consider. It's fresh manna to us. It's nourishment to us. Working in a bakery I used to love. I started out as a delivery driver delivering bread early in the morning. And oh, I'm telling you, there's nothing more tempting than bread, fresh bread baked out of, coming out of the oven. Man, I just had to get a roll and some butter and man, have my cup of coffee in a hot bun. Oh man, was that delicious. I gained a few pounds back then, but it was delicious. And that's how the word of God is. That's what Jesus says. He's the living bread of heaven. He's got fresh manna every day for us. But nobody said he declared himself to be the living bread. They just said he's a prophet. Yes, he was. But oh, there was so much more to Jesus riding into Jerusalem on that Sunday. They said in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said... I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me will not, never, ever walk in darkness. But they didn't say he's the light of the world. Come to show us, to shed light on who Father God is, to shed light on Jesus being the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior. He's the light of the world. And he said, no follower of mine will ever walk into darkness. He was teaching this before he rode into Jerusalem that day. But nobody declared Jesus to be the light of the world. And to them in that day, that had great, that spoke great volumes to the people if they were to say he's the light of the world. But they said he's a prophet. Jesus in John chapter 8, 23, he says, I am. From above, I am not of this world. Jesus came from heaven. God born and taking on flesh. I'm not of this world, Jesus said. I'm from above. 
He didn't say I'm from, he, he, when he said from above, they knew what he meant. He wasn't talking about being from outer space, from another, he wasn't a UFO, he wasn't from some alien planet or galaxy. When he says, I am from above, they knew exactly what he meant, that he was from heaven, that he was from coming from the throne of God. And so Jesus declared himself, I'm not of this world. I'm from above, from Father, God. But did they say he's not of this world, he's from above? He's a prophet. In John 8, 58, Jesus says, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. They knew exactly what he was saying. I am. In Exodus, God says, Moses, uh, they said, who shall we say send us? God says, tell them, I am that I am sent me. And when Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am, they knew exactly what he was talking about, declaring himself to be the I am, who only God himself declared himself to be the I am. But they didn't say, this is the I am, the great I am. They just said, this is a prophet. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. I am the door. And if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is a doorway to blessing. He's a doorway to life. He's a doorway to every promise of God. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Jesus is the doorway. You can't go and take hold of the promises of God, but you go through Jesus Christ. And so he's the great door. And when we enter in through that door, we find a storehouse of blessing, of riches, of spiritual riches, of spiritual blessing, promises that are given to us only through Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus said, I'm the door, you will find pasture. You will find nourishment. You will find blessing. You will find life. But they didn't say he's the door. They said he's a prophet. And Jesus says in John 10, 11, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who watches over you. I'm the one who provides for you. I'm the one who leads you and guides you. I want you to be in my fold, Jesus says, so that I can be your shepherd. I can be your God. A shepherd leads his sheep, watches over his sheep, provides for his sheep, heals his sheep, takes care every day on a daily basis, takes care of his sheep. And Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I want to take care of you. I want to watch over your life every day. I want to be your one who speaks into your life. It's Jesus says, my sheep will know my voice. But when he rode into Jerusalem that day, they weren't crying out to him. They weren't answering, who is he? They weren't saying, he's a great shepherd. They were saying, he's a prophet. Thank God he's a shepherd and the bishop of my soul. How about you? Praise the Lord. And in John chapter 10, verse 36, Jesus says, I am the Son of God. Jesus said, you say of him, of whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemy. Because they were saying, you blaspheme because you're declaring yourself to be the Son of God. And Jesus says, I am the Son of God. 
He answered the question, I am the Son of God. But when he was riding into Jerusalem that day and the multitudes were crying out, who is this? Who is Jesus? Nobody said he's the Son of God. Jesus himself said he's the Son of God. They just said he's a prophet. The people weren't, they weren't trying, they weren't intentionally trying to downplay the Lord. But sometimes when we say things, oh, Jesus is a great prophet. He's more, he's more, much more than a great prophet. John eleven twenty five. hallelujah. You know the story with, Maja, with Mary and Martha. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he will live. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He said this before he went to the cross on Calvary. He was teaching about himself. I am the resurrection and the life. Thank God he's the resurrection and the life. Otherwise, we would have no hope whatsoever. If Jesus did not rise, have the power to rise from the dead, rise from the grave, we would be dead in our sins. Then he would have been only a great teacher. Then he would have been just a prophet. Then he would have been just another good man. But he's more than a prophet and a teacher. He rose from the dead. He became the savior of the world, the redeemer of our soul. But did anyone answer the question, who is this, by saying he's the resurrection and he's the life? They just said he's a prophet. And in John 14, verse 6, you all know it. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus was declaring he is the only way to God the Father. He's the door. He's the resurrection. He's the life. He's the bread of life, the light of the world. And he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Meaning you don't need to look. We don't need to look anywhere else to anyone else but to Jesus. But did anyone say he's the way, the truth, and the life? They said he's a prophet from the city of Nazareth. And in John 15, 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. That if we are in Jesus, your life will become fruitful and produce much fruit. Fruit in abundance, it goes on to say when you read John 15. If any man be in Christ, and Christ be the vine, that whoever's locked into him, who's ever attached into him, who's ever one with Jesus will produce, your life will produce fruit for the kingdom of God. And not sickly fruit it will produce if you're, if you're, if you're drawing off of Jesus, if you're believing, your life will, be much, will produce much fruit. And so Jesus himself way before he rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, was declaring to everyone who he was. He was trying to answer the questions of man, who is this? Who is Jesus? And all through his journey, all everything he was teaching was teaching who he was, who he is. 
and he was hoping that the multitudes would get the answer to who is this? Who is Jesus? And Jesus said, let me tell you who I am. I am the bread of heaven. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the I am. And he goes on and on and on. That's who Jesus was answering the question of who is this? And that's why we have to understand and know in our hearts, be convinced of who Jesus is. More than a prophet, more than a good teacher, more than a religious leader, more than just this. He's God. He is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's God. And if we see him as God, he changes our entire way of living thinking, talking, walking. It changes everything about us, everything about our lives. It changes the things we do. It changes the things we say. It changes the way we think. That's why the Bible says, be renewed by the transforming of your mind and understanding who Jesus is. And that knowledge will change your life. What did God say about who Jesus was? Remember in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, when Jesus was being baptized by, by, uh, by John in the Jordan? It said, a loud voice from heaven came, and it says, This is my beloved Son. God declared Jesus to be his Son, the Son of the living God. And when he went into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, did anybody say he's the Son of God? Father from heaven declared it. They said, no, he's a prophet. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus appeared with Moses and Elijah, and they were all bound down, and they said, let us all, let, let us build you, you know, little tabernacles and worship with you. And a voice, even on the Mount of, of, of Transfiguration, a voice from heaven out of the cloud, it says, spoke, this is my beloved son. Twice, God declared Jesus to be more than a prophet, more than a man, more than a teacher, more than a, a shepherd. That God declared Jesus to be his son, the son of the living God. And that's why we're quotes in here in, in, in Matthew chapter 21 where it talks about that, that entrance into Jerusalem, that triumphal entry on Palm Sunday. They quote from Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 where it declares that, that behold the king is coming to you. The king of heaven, the king of kings is coming to you riding on a donkey. And it says in Zechariah 9 9 what it really says there is rejoice greatly because your king is coming and your king has salvation for you and he will be riding upon a donkey entering into Jerusalem. And it says rejoice greatly because he's your king. He is your savior. But did any of them, they were rejoicing greatly, didn't, weren't they? Because Zechariah declared, I mean, it decla uh, <clears throat> declared that when he would ride in, there would be great rejoicing. Man, the boom boxes were turned up full volume. There was rejoicing when Jesus entered in Jerusalem that day. 
But did anyone look at the verse in Zechariah and say, wait a minute. That means he's the king of kings. He's our savior. The people who know who Jesus truly is are more likely than not to shout out the praises of God. When you know who Jesus really is, how can we not shout out Hosanna? How can we not shout out hallelujah to the Lord? How can we not rejoice greatly in the house of God and in his presence? When we know Jesus, we, we, we must, we have to celebrate. How can we not shout out hallelujah, praise you Jesus, glory to God, whatever you want. How can we not praise it? You praise the giants, you praise whatever teams you're rooting for. You have no problem with that. But when we understand who Jesus is, how can we not rise up and shout like they did and wave palm branches and say hallelujah, glory to Jesus, whatever you say, praise the Lord. You see, a people who don't understand, the people who were in Jerusalem who had the question, and questions are not bad, when they had the question, who is this? They were looking at these people praising God and they couldn't understand why are these people waving palm branches? Why are they shouting Hosanna? Why are they saying, you know, why are they doing what they're doing? When people look at you, sometimes a visitor will come into church and people will not want to praise God because they're afraid of embarrassing the visitor. But I'm telling you, when a visitor comes in, they need to see that you have a love and a fire, that you know who Jesus is and that you want to praise him. I will not afraid to praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is God's house. If we can't praise God in his house, if we're ashamed of praising God because of someone who walks in through the door, what are we doing? We don't do it to put on a show. We do it because it's in our heart to praise God. God forbid you put on a show. We, put, we praise God in the house of God from our heart, naturally. And someone who walks in will either accept it or not. That's entirely up to them. But we cannot be phony. We cannot be showmen. We've got to be genuine. We've got to be real. And we've got to know, I've come to the house of God to praise God. I've come to sing his praises and shout Hosanna to God in the highest. I'm not ashamed. God is looking at me. I'm looking at God and I want to praise God. Some people may not understand what you do because they don't understand who you're doing it to. And so when they say, what are you doing that for? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. He's the savior of your soul. He's your redeemer. He's the lover of your soul. When you tell them who Jesus really is and they get a grasp of it, then they too may begin to raise their hands and say, Jesus, forgive me. So when you know Jesus as Savior and Lord, when you know who he is, when you have the answer to the question of who Jesus is, the correct answer, the right answer, then there is nothing to do but praise the Lord. But when you don't know the answer to who Jesus really is, if all you see Jesus is as a prophet or as a great teacher, as a religious leader, you don't have to praise. You don't have to live. You could just be an observer and watch everybody else. What are they doing? Look at that one. Because they don't have that 
that conviction in their heart of who Jesus is. But once you know who Jesus is, I've got to praise God. I've got to worship my King. I'm sorry, I've got to praise his name. I've got to shout hallelujah. I've got to shout hosanna to God. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so who is this? And, and who are they that are worshiping him? Though the conclusion is this. That we worship God and praise him. Like they did that day as he entered into Palm, onto Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. They were shouting praises. They weren't, they didn't care. They were, they were making a loud noise, shouting praises. Because they knew, they knew that, that Jesus. When we know who Jesus is, we can say in our heart, he is mine and I, I am his and he is mine and I'm going to praise his name. Amen. And so we can know that he is ours and we are his. Amen. And so why do we not praise God? That's why on Palm Sunday, we need to praise the Lord this morning. We need to just take a moment and just praise the Lord. Amen. Not at a show. It's not about a show thing. It's about genuine, being real, giving God thanks and praise for what he's done for you and what he's doing for you and what he's yet to do for you. We have a reason to praise. We have a reason to shout hallelujah. Amen.